This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And I'm delighted to say we're joined today by Ed Moya in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. It's been a really interesting week. Lots of different stories to ponder on and uh, look ahead to the week to come as well. Should we start with Turkey, which, of course, slashed its rates on Thursday, which sent the lira tumbling to as much as 6% to a new record low. And this is all down to President Erdogan's fixation on low borrowing costs, which seem to be worsening already acute inflation. I mean, he's the only one who thinks it's a good idea. Very much so. I think it is fascinating to see uh, how the FX world is... uh, uh, just uh, have drawn up a different strategy when it comes to the lira, and uh, I think you, you know, I think a lot of people are um, pretty much, you know, I think there's a strong consensus here that you know the the central bank, you know, they they don't care about what happens to the lira, and uh, I think that uh, you're going to see that substantial depreciation uh, is is only going to do more harm to the economy, and uh, it's just. Uh, uh, a spiraling effect here that um, is is really going to, um, I think, ultimately lead to uh, you know structural problems for the economy. And we've uh, <clears throat> seen the lira just. Uh, I, I think you know a few months ago we were talking that eh, there's a good chance you could see the the lira weaken to ten. You know after that rate cut, um, it, it it fell beyond eleven. And uh, even this morning, there's still follow through down another one and a half percent. And, and uh, you know, the central bank is trying to, uh, um, you know, provide more support for the economy. But, you know, they're kind of disregarding uh, traditional uh, monetary policy and uh, or just plainly economics. Uh, and and uh, I think they're 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 scrambling. And uh, I think no one is uh believing anything the central bank says as far as that they might be ending their rate cuts in december and and uh i i think that uh you know there there's uh this fear that uh you know this is just going to get even uglier and then i think that uh you know the, the momentum trading behind this is pretty strong and uh um i, I think it, it goes to show you that uh, uh i i think FX is going to be a, a story over these next, you know, few quarters of uh, diverging monetary policy stances, and and what we're seeing is traditionally, I mean, inflation is is running away in Turkey, and and you're you're, you're seeing rate cuts that 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 does not make sense, <laughs> um, and uh, you're having other central banks though um, that are delivering, um, you know, rate hikes. I think that's a uh, an important. Uh, you know, theme that you you know you're going to continue to see the the rest of the emerging market world is 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 going to have to do uh, more more uh, uh, rate hikes as uh, inflation is is really um, I think uh, becoming uh, the the focal point for these banks. Uh, you know, the, the South African uh, central bank uh, delivered their first uh, uh, rate hike, and uh, I, I think you know you you saw that that did little to. S- you know, to stem uh, the rand's decline, and that—that's because the 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 decision by the Turkish central bank really, un, 
you know, it rocked the EM world. And I think that you're going to see that uh, uh, FX volatility is going to remain very elevated. Um, maybe not so much with the euro and the dollar. Uh, and that's because you have both of those economies, you know, before the pandemic have, you know, were battling deflationary pressures. And uh, I think that you're, you're, you're likely to see hesitancy on, on, on that um, delivering a major shift here. And, and I think there's a, uh, I think a, a very interesting, um, I think a market that we're gonna have as you're, you're gonna have EM, a lot of uh, emerging market central banks deliver rate hikes. And until the growth prospects are a little bit more optimistic, uh, you won't really see that carry trade return. Um, so I think uh, um, FX is gonna be a lot more fun. Um, I think um, as we see diverging monetary policies uh, um, by by all these central banks. And uh, I think in the end, uh, there is uh, um, much needed volatility in this market. and. Uh, um, I think, um, you know, in the end, uh, um, at some point in the second half of next year, I think the global growth story hopefully will be, you know, clicking on all cylinders. And, and, and that should, uh, um, I think, make uh, for a lot of happy swing traders as they'll be able to capture, um, hopefully, some long carry trade positions. And you mentioned, Ed, that this was the Turkey Central Bank's decision, but it's not really the decision of the governors who seem to be sacked here, there and everywhere from time to time by the President Erdogan, who is making these decisions himself. And it's anyone's guess as to how long he can keep this going before he actually gives up. Yeah, that's the question. And and Erdogan, I mean, the, the pressure really started to, to, to be noticed by everyone in September. And, and since then, they've uh, lowered interest rates by over 400 basis points. All the rhetoric is, is still supporting the notion that we're going to have much more weakness here. So so I think there's there's concerns that, uh, you know, um, you know, forward guidance by the, the central bank is just being disregarded by everyone. And, um, and, and until you start to see, you know, uh, a couple of rate holds, um, I think, uh, you know, investors are just going to continue to pile against the lira and, and uh, um, you know, it's it's already um, hit hit so many people's targets, uh, end of year targets for next year. Um, so, so I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look to see, you know, how far, how ugly this can get. And, and, and people need to remember massive devaluations in FX are possible. So we, you know, we, we could see uh, a lot more momentum here. Okay, let's move on and talk about the big box retail earnings that we saw earlier in the week, particularly Walmart and Target. You know, coming into this week, um, everyone was kind of focusing on on some of these earnings. And I think this was going to give us the latest gauge, the latest updates on pricing pressures. And I think, you know, when you, you take a look at how, you know, uh, uh, these big box retailers performed, uh, for most, it was a strong quarter. Um, and I, th I think that uh, specifically with Walmart, uh, you know, they, they, they uh, they saw some margin erosion. The the gross margin declined slightly, and obviously, uh, you know, the supply chain costs are, are a, a key driver for that. Um, cost pressures. Um, that, that's not surprising anyone. I, I think you everyone knows uh, they're fighting inflation, and and uh, you know, wage pressures are just continuing to 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 become an issue and uh i think that uh everyone is trying to ramp up their inventories for the holiday season and i think that uh 
the, 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 the positives, you know, everything that they said about the consumer, uh, the, the buying has been strong um, and that the consumer is still looking fairly robust. And uh, I think that you're, you're probably going to um, see, um, you know, you know, most of these um, um, retailers are, are really in a, in a position where they're struggling to decide whether or not they um, increase uh, um, some of their, 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 their spending um, and uh, trying to uh, bolster up, uh, you know, their, their, their shipping means, their inventories, um, you know, once we get beyond this holiday season. And uh, I think that now, you know, the, the battle for online domination is, is really uh, forcing a lot of companies to, to, to make more investments in, in, in securing that. Um, I think what, what a lot of these companies are viewing is that there is an opportunity with Amazon that they can, you know, win back some of that online market share. So I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the key takeaway is that um, there is, I think, a lot more um, optimism here that, uh, you know, this is going to be a strong holiday season. Um, and so I think the big box retailers are going to probably do well. Um, the, the smaller companies, um, I think, beyond the holidays, they're going to be able to navigate through these wage pressures. They're going to be able to, to, to do a little bit better um, um, with their costs. Uh, but in the short term, as far as securing inventories for the holidays, I, I really think that you're going to probably see uh, big box retailers are going to do well. And, and I think, um, you know, the, the the takeaway overall is that, you know, consumers, they're, they're maintaining their toward a you know demand for 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 shopping and uh i think that the uh the the, the inflation that you know has been i think over these last couple months it seems it's fairly broad based and the the, the pricing pressures are are still going to be elevated um and uh I, I think that uh you know the 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 retail earnings suggest that uh you know the, we're we're not going to see uh the peak um you know this year, um, hopefully by the end of the first quarter, we could start to see the price pricing pressures ease. Um, but uh, but I think right now there's uh, there's still optimism. The consumer is strong. Next year's growth will probably be strong as well. So uh, I think the underperformance um, this week from from retail um, it has mainly been attributed to that. You know, a lot of these retail stocks have run up so well. Um, uh, you know, leading up to November that uh, now is uh, there's there's a lot of early profit taking and I think that because the the big question mark on costs um, is 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 there and it's not going to go away anytime soon that's why you're, you're you're seeing you know overall Walmart is much lower than it was at the beginning of the week Walmart Target um, I think the home builders they they have a little bit of a brighter story they're doing a little bit better the Home Depots the Lowe's um, and that's just because the the housing sector just remains the the bright spot of the economy, the do-it-yourself mentality remains strong, uh, and, and uh, you know we we've seen you know building permits uh, um, impress and, and and come in a little bit better than expected this week. So I think you're going to see continued momentum there. Housing housing investments are, are are still strong even despite as we enter the the colder months. Indeed, and uh, you mentioned retail sales. Uh, we had some figures out today here in the UK with sales rising in October and uh, a lot of people are early Christmas shopping at the moment which is certainly helping to push up 
shop sales as people spend more on clothing and on toys. And part of the reason for that, of course, is they're worried they may not be able to get what they need later on in the month and in December. And I'm glad you brought it up because I was I was uh, wanting to make that that bridge there. So thank you for for bringing up the the UK uh, retail sales number. I think it's important to remember it. That was just the first rise in six months. Um, uh, yeah, I think the uh, everyone is is really seeing that these pricing pressures, these labor la- labor costs are going through the roof. Transit costs are just at levels that most people have never seen, uh, and uh, I, I think that um, you're 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 really seeing the scramble right now. Um, in America, we we have the the Black Friday holiday. No one's talking about that right now. Uh, no one's expecting really blockbuster deals because inventories are so low, um, it makes no sense. Uh, you're just giving away money and with, with demand being so elevated. Uh, I think the scramble right now for, for presents is, is, is there. Um, I mean, I've already, <laughs> the Moya household has secured a, a handful of the uh, presents for the children already. And uh, I, I think that you're, you're, you're probably going to see, um, I think, um, a lot of that holiday spending that normally is that people wait till December, that's going to be done a lot earlier. And I think that that was reflected in those numbers for, for the UK in October. Yeah, perhaps that's a good thing rather than the mad rush on Christmas Eve, which I'm prone to do. Um just have a quick look at the current oil price, uh, Ed, as we stand. And uh, got the figures in front of me now. Brent crude uh, just above 79, WTI above 76. So both of those numbers falling around two and a half, two and three quarter percent today. What's behind that? Yeah, they're, 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 this has been a big week for oil. And uh, I think it, uh, at first it's it started with the... Uh, um, President uh, Biden and President Xi's meeting, a virtual summit, uh, where they, 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 you know, obviously the, the the two largest economies in the world, they have a laundry list of uh, topics. But it seemed like the one thing they could agree upon was that something needs to be done for the oil, or for these elevated oil prices, and a coordinated action in tapping both their respective uh, strategic petroleum reserves uh, was something that um, is is that was. I basically um, accepted with welcome arms by the Chinese, and um, they're they're going to be tapping the reserves. The U.S. has signaled that they are going to be doing that too, and uh, you started to see that um, provided um, the the big move lower here. Um, and I think a lot of energy traders they've been waiting for you know there's an oil market deficit that has kept prices so elevated we still have a you know potential global energy crisis that you know a lot of people are we're thinking that you know we we have the potential to see $90 $100 oil if it's a very cold winter and if uh, supply disruptions uh, um, um, you know send prices uh, soaring higher and 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 right now you had the you know energy market say well once we have that SPR announcement that's going to probably um, provide you know one last major move lower for oil and a lot of energy traders were waiting to see that specific release happen that way they can buy and have a constructive longer or medium term position for oil prices well you know we're, we're still waiting uh, uh, an official uh, uh, release but I think what also happened the story across Europe you're seeing COVID cases rise um, Austria is imposing curbs uh, uh, yeah, I think when you, you take a look I mean and I, I know we, we've uh, I think we've all been through some COVID fatigue and covering 
um, what's been happening uh, over the last couple of years. Now it seems uh, there there is going to be some um, new restrictions. Uh, you know, Germany, uh, their latest pandemic plan, um, and that's you know the the, the main the, the largest economy. That's the one that really um, most investors they'll they'll focus on them. Um, you know, access to bars and restaurants are going to be limited. Um, only vaccinated or recovered people are going to be allowed on public transportation. And uh, you know, they're 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 going to have that drive to to um, have more boosters uh, delivered. Um, you know, Austria. I think this is the one that really um, kind of uh, rattled uh, some of those energy traders with their short-term crude uh, demand uh, forecast because, uh, you know, you, you have a nationwide lockdown for 20 days. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, the lockdown, um, you know, obviously continues for the unvaccinated, but you're going to have, um, I think, um, a mandatory vaccination starting in February, which for a lot of people, that is uh, um, really suggesting that, you know, you, you could really see, um, you know, restrictive measures in place till February then. Um, so, so I think, you know, everyone, you know, they, you know, fortunately we have a better ways of treating and, 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 uh, handling COVID cases. And, uh, uh, but I, I think you're going to still see, uh, governments are going to exercise a lot of caution, uh, and making sure that hospital capacities are not, uh, threatened. And, uh, I think you're going to see, um, there's going to be more, um, uh, curbs in place, and, and that's really hurting the outlook. Um, you know, the EU pandemic relapsed. Um, you know, you're, it, you know, I've highlighted a few countries, but you know, Slovenia, Croatia, Ireland, Netherlands, they're they're all seeing um, some rises here. So, it, you know, that that is disruptive for the crude demand outlook. So, I think you have more. You have a SPR release from China and the U.S. You have, um, you know rising COVID cases, which is raising the bar for more lockdowns. And you're, you're getting oil prices uh, that are, are, you know, declining pretty, uh, pretty quickly here. So, so I think, uh, does, does this provide an opportunity for, for some, some, some traders? Um, I think, I think you're, you know, you still have an oil market deficit in place. Um, and I, I think, you know, you, you're going to have tremendous pushback, um, in, in, in going back to lockdown. So I think uh, you're probably going to see that uh, a lot of traders, I think they're going to view this as uh, um, kind of like that opportunity to get back in in oil. And uh, um, the, the oil market deficit should will likely remain throughout the winter. And uh, if we have some colder weather um, uh, and uh, if, if Russia uh, does not seem like they're going to get that um, easy German approval um, um, for Nord Stream 2, um, you, you know, you could have some extra demand for alternative sources of energy, which will, you know, really pump up crude prices. So I think there's there's a lot that um, are a lot of factors in play. But uh, but in the end, I think it all depends on the oil market, if it's in deficit or in surplus. Uh, and, and right now, I think the deficit remains in place. And I think there is still strong reason to be optimistic for the demand outlook, despite um, what we're you know seeing uh, across Europe. So before we talk about what's to come in the next seven days or so, uh, Ed, a quick word about Bitcoin, which has endured its uh, worst week in months, fell to a, a one-month low today. And uh, really, I'm mean, looking at the numbers, heading for its worst week in six months. It's uh, typical, though, I suppose, proving that uh, extreme volatility remains a hallmark of crypto investing. Yeah, I think there has been a lot of complacency. I, I think uh, I, 
I did a, an interview on CoinDesk TV, and I was, I felt like I was getting crucified and calling for uh, some concern that you, you could see some short-term weakness because we're approaching year end. And, and because I think, you know, you have to remember uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all the, a lot of these top cryptos, they've been the best performing asset for much of the year. And, and uh, you're, you're, you're having lots of hedge funds, money managers that have underperformed the major indices. This is the time when you're going to see profit taking. I think that you're, you're, you're now. I mean, Bitcoin, despite you know it's uh, it's, it's about to go into bear market territory, uh, is still up um, 100% year to date. Ethereum up 470% year to date. Um, you're 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 going to probably see, I think, more profit taking um, going forward. And uh, um, I think that you're. The, the bull case is still there for Bitcoin. It's just that um, you're 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 seeing um, retail has um, really kind of branched out. They they they're firm believers in Bitcoin, but they're spreading their crypto investments across a lot of these other top top altcoins. Um, they're they're going they're making bets on some of the Ethereum competitors, uh, Solana, Polkadot, um, and and I think as you have the crypto market grow um, as, as a whole, um, you're, you're seeing some of those investments pulled away from, from Bitcoin and Ethereum. So I think, um, you know, the, the, the short-term weakness is, um, is uh, it, it, I think you could see some further downward pressure here, but, uh, but in the end, I think that uh, you're, you're, you're still uh, seeing a market that has still a tremendous growth potential and will probably um, um, you know, get its groove back uh, maybe after the, the, the top, after the end of the year. And uh, I think there's still a, a lot more uh, interest that is entering this space. And I've had more, more uh, traditional equities traders that have been really researching and you know, slowly getting their feet wet in cryptos. And, and I think there's a, still a, a, another wave of explosive growth that we'll probably see um, over the coming months. So I think that this is uh, probably going to be a, a buying opportunity for a lot of long-term traders. But um, yeah, right now the, the momentum is there for selling pressure. Okay, before we let you go, let's have a brief summation of the next week or so. What should we look out for? Well, I, I think the, the, the main event for me is President Biden will finally make a decision on what he's going to do at the Fed. Um, Fed Chair Powell, uh, I I am amazed that it has taken this long, but his fate uh, should be decided next week. Um, the the expectations are that he will get renominated, but in the slight chance he doesn't, um, it, it seems that. Uh, the, the person that would get the nod, it would be Lael Brainerd. And, and she is kind of viewed as slightly more dovish. Um, I, I think what would happen is if if you did see um, uh, President Biden want to deliver uh, um, a win for progressive Democrats, uh, a Brainerd nomination would be um, um, something that would, uh, uh, I think, really uh, appease them. And I think you're you're going to see a, a very strong market reaction. Um, I think that would, uh, if Brainerd got the nod, then rate high expectations would be pushed back maybe by a couple months or so. Uh, the, the the short end, um, um, I think you would you would see the short end of uh, the Treasury curve um, really react to that as these rate hike um, expectations would kind of be, um, I think, 
questioned. Um, I think you know the the, the, ba the base case would then probably be that uh, you know one rate hike for next year, um, and uh, that would probably be slightly after the the summer ends or, or right at summer end. Um, but but uh, but in the end, uh, uh, it shouldn't really unnerve markets just because they're both dovish. They're both they both have. Um, I think um, um, similar stances. Uh, Brainerd might be a little bit more harder on 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 banking regulation, um, and and uh, I think what you're probably going to see is that uh, there there could be easy justifications to make the switch, even though I'd say it's probably like a maybe um, like still like a 70% chance that Powell would would get renominated. Um, I think. Uh, Brainerd is an economist, and it would be probably helpful to have an economist uh, handling policy decisions as we kind of exit exit ultra accommodation mode and and, and go into a, a more of a normal period. Um, but but uh, yeah, I think that's the main event um, next week. The the uh, the the week is filled with rate decisions. Uh, um, on Wednesday, uh, you have uh, the New Zealand uh, Central Bank, the RBNZ. Uh, they they're going to uh, ex they're expected to raise by 25 basis points. Um, Sweden is uh, is likely to keep policy on hold, but they might provide some guidance on when they could be ready for liftoff. I think expectations are for that to that's not going to happen anytime soon, but uh, that's uh, also that's happening on Thursday, as is the. Uh, Hungary rate decision, which um, they're they're gonna they're expected to deliver uh, another round of rate hikes. Um, um, but uh, yeah, next week uh, though, I, I think for 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 uh, for myself, uh, it's also Thanksgiving, <laughs> and uh, for for all of America. So you'll you'll see that uh, um, trading activity could be thin in uh, on on Thursday. Some people get Friday off too. So it could provide for some um, illiquid conditions where you could see some uh, spikes. So, you know, you have to trade accordingly. And, uh, but no, I think those are kind of the, the main events that I'm looking at for next week. Okay, Ed, we wish you a very good Thanksgiving day and uh, beyond if you're lucky enough to have a few more days off and uh, enjoy is all I can say. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, Johnny. This is the Oanda Podcast. 